This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hey, yeah, so I'm Max. I'm the founder of Unifier, which we would define as a unique content scaling platform, which essentially takes content and tries to use AI and unique language capabilities of large language models to take content you already produced and scale that into different formats. So, you know, from a podcast to, you know, a blog post, a LinkedIn post, Twitter threads and so on, tweets. And so, so it's also, it's one thing to mention, it's different to JetGPT and kind of counter position to Jasper and so on. So we want to really scale stuff you already have instead of creating stuff out of thin air which is also why I'm working with my financial advisor and lawyer, who's a super cool guy, has insane knowledge in AI, crypto, and so on. And he, he, he's doing my taxes because I'm terrible at that. Oh, and gosh. helping him, you know, scaling his unique knowledge in the world. Well, so this is super interesting because we're going to talk today about a lot of AI and content content generation and and how your platform scales your content. And the title for the show is Content by AI. Are we there yet? So there's so many conversations about this. I feel like I've had so so many conversations. I probably talk about AI on a daily basis. And there's so many cool things. It's almost impossible to keep up with everything that's out there. So I think a lot of people just keep coming back to ChatGPT just because it's the one everybody's talking about. So let's start first, Max, with a little bit of background on just content generation in general with AI and how it works and some of the benefits of of how a law firm could use it. So... I would say I could give you a lot of general knowledge. I have a, I would say a very contrarian view on it. So, oh, good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, so there, there is there is a very easy way for you to create content in ChatGPT. You know, you just need to get a few prompts. You yeah. can get very generic Twitter threads out, microblogs, short blogs, and whatever. You can either, I mean, you. As a lawyer, there's like it, it, it read probably every case on the planet. It could probably even help you ideate some cool ideas. What? Yeah. So that that that's clear. So we, we can definitely do text-based things in ChatGPT, Midjourney, Dali, and so on. That's the you know the graphic design, image generation. It's not really graphic design part. Super easy, but also not like 100% sophisticated. And then you yeah. have these these more like I would say these are like the more advanced use cases that I find mm, they are a lot like playing around. So you have that Hey Gen where you can create an avatar of yourself and it talks. But I, for example, like we, I like rec to record myself. So I'm, I don't really have a use case ever for, for this because like may maybe if I have anxiety and I don't want to record myself, but other than that, I can't really see why, why I should spam the internet with like hundreds of recordings of like AI with myself. So we have kind of like these, <laughs> you know, these three big buckets. And then there's also a bunch of tools that can just help you with 
things. So transcription services, our transcription service is insane. I don't know what the startup is doing because it's li literally an API, but the quality is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're seeing that. I'm seeing that all over the place, transcription quality. Even so, I use Riverside. I know you do too for this podcast. And Riverside has this really amazing recent update where after we're done recording, I can go in and see the entire transcript of this episode and pull out social media clips word by word. And it's getting it very, very accurate. And that's just one example of that. And so that's just, that's just becoming standard all over the place. Obviously, YouTube has a similar thing, always has. And it and it hasn't always been as good as it is. I mean, I think we've all seen, been watching YouTube videos and seen where like they try to guess a per what a person is saying and it's like totally wrong and, it, and to a fun point of where it's funny. So you mentioned that you're a little contrarian on this. And I love this idea of like, where's the controversy here? But why is it so there's those kind of very basic buckets where you can get sort of ideation going with your content. But where does the controversy come in? Where is it does it become problematic? So I wouldn't say, you know, my, my contrarian view is basically based on what I see in the market. So yeah. VCs as well as startups pouring insane amount of money into generating stuff out of thin air. And that yeah. works really well if you're a direct-to-consumer company that launches the 800 coffee brand, you know, sustainable coffee brand or whatever. Super easy, fast-moving consumer goods, also great. But what we, what I'm seeing is, and I'm like playing around, for example, with programmatic SEO, so I can create like a lots of articles that actually help people. Is 90% of all people are focused on this. So, what is the newest tool that helps me to write a blog post faster? And I'm like, I already have so much good content in my company, on my podcast, webinars, and sales is uh, is asking for more content. And, you know, this, this deep knowledge, just taking it, reformatting it, and then having much more content yeah. is, is something that especially works, for example, for lawyers, financial advisors, people like me, I'm like a product manager, you know, tech guy, like our, our knowledge is very deep and the stories, you know, decades of experience, not, not in my case, but, you know, like a lawyer that has insane stories to tell about you know cases and how law is changing all of these things we could take out and package into super cool content and this yeah. will never be happened or like you can do it with chat gpt but you would you know you need to record something put the transcript into chat gpt and then right. prompt around you know so yeah. So what I keep seeing over and over when people are talking about using ChatGPT and AI in the content and, and the limitations that are around there, they talk about personality, how your brand voice doesn't come through. And even for myself, I use ChatGPT on a daily basis, but it is very superficial, very top level things. Like, for example, give me some topic ideas for this podcast. I already know I was talking to you. I knew what I was talking about. And I wanted to craft this title around something that I already knew. It wasn't what you were talking about where it's coming out of thin air. Like, just give me a podcast title. It was not that. It was give me a podcast title around talking to this person about these topics that I already know based on these, you know, these ideas 
And so when you go too narrow and you have too broad of a question into chat GPT, what I find is, is the quality is such garbage and you can tell right away that just by glancing at a social media post or a blog post that it's AI generated. And so what are the, some of the downfalls that you see when, when that is happening, when the content is kind of being pulled out of thin air, not put a lot of thought into it. And like, I can glance at it right away. And I feel like there's like those telltale emojis, <laughs> like every, every, like really poorly done blog post uses. So what are some of the downfalls and potential issues with, with that type of content where it's, it's not well done? Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned already, you know, like I would say the top level is this chat GPT sound like, you know, we delve into something or we explore intricacies. Nobody talks like this, right? So you immediately get that feeling, you know, the, the weird emojis as well. I yeah. think that, I think that's okay. And this is like, if you don't know how to instruct DEI, it will stay superficial. And for example, if you just ask it, tell me how to start a business, ChatGPT <laughs> right. is going to tell you something that's do the opposite. Like right. do, always do the opposite of, yes. of what ChatGPT yeah. tells you. Like how do you become a thought leader? I don't know. Like, you know, it's right. going to be very generic. It's, it's, it's not going to talk about contrarian ideas, not about positioning. Usually you should do the opposite. So yeah. really we are, we at the top level. It's just generic. It's, it's boring. It's, it sounds weird. But then obviously, like, for example, for lawyers, like it, it, it will quickly start hallucinating stuff, you know. And, yes. And, yeah. And this is obviously, and then it goes down, you know, like hallucination is okay. It's improving. So, you know, and the lawyer should see this, you know, they should see, okay, this is totally made up. But yeah. one that I would say, then we come into the level where it's really like, I think we heard about these stories and I'm still surprised how people are just uploading financial statements of their companies on ChatGPT. I mean, you know, like not that the language model actually cares, right? But right. it's just, just here it becomes like, don't repurpose content. You know, maybe, maybe you have a confidential case of one of your clients. You yeah. put that in, make it a personal story, post that on LinkedIn, right? It's like, and it, 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 most often the risks are human errors, Yes, because it's, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's based on an input. Yeah. Right. I just want to clarify that in case you're not as fluent in AI conversation and what's happening, the hallucination is when ChatGPT just throws in fake information. So you could ask it to put together a blog post on, you know, I, I can't think of an example of a topic, but it's going to it's going to make up fake information. And, and like you said, that is getting better, but not everybody has upgraded the, to the chat GPT four. some people are still using the previous version where it, it does happen more frequently. Also, I think people have, have seen how proficient there is so much content out there that I think in a lot of cases, this is being handed off to a low level person in the firm, like maybe even someone at the front desk who is also answering the phone. And it's like, hey, can you quick go into chat GPT and then create some content? And there are so many problems behind this because this could very well be your first impression for a potential client. And if they land on a blog post that is really 
poorly done, has fake information, badly written, that is such a bad first impression for your firm. So I, th I think it's just become something that a lot of the people I'm talking about think it, ha it has become simple. And I actually don't think that's the case. I think it's actually become more complex with all of these tools. So it's more complicated to do it really well than, than it used to be. Absolutely. You know, as, as, especially when you think about, you got to learn how to prompt. Yeah. It's like for what I, for example, like to do is I asked ChatGPT, you know, I'm not a sales and marketing guy and I'm learning this for like the last two months, really. And I'm asking ChatGPT, hey, I want to design a category for my product. What kind of information do you need? Walk me through it. But yeah. arriving at that step w w was quite difficult. So, yeah. and then and, and this is like, there's so much human error in this chatbot prompting, you know, yeah. be very careful. And like, I, I would say definitely allow it in your firm, but create some form of AI policy, a little, yeah. you know, two pages, three pages where you define what my people are allowed to do and where they should be careful. I think, I think right. that's going to solve most problems already. I think that's a great idea because there needs to be some rules around it. Like this is, we need to make sure that, for example, that more than one people, more than one person in the firm reviews this content so that they can check for hallucinations and errors and fake information and things that are going to put us in a really bad light. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so what other kinds of legal issues and risks are at stake with just taking generic content and like slapping it up on the internet? I mean, I think most lawyers will probably already know that, but you don't have any IP rights to something you create in mid-journey. And if you yeah. do that in ChatGPD as well, and it's very generic and there is no, I think in the EU, it's based on, the human creativity. Yeah. So like, it's probably the same in the US. Like if that part is missing, missing, you, you don't have any, any, you know, say of like who, who copies your stuff. And then, but it, it goes the other way around. Like you cannot just take someone's content and run it through the chat GPT, say you want to rewrite write it and then put it, put it somewhere on your website. I mean, you can do it and you could do it manually, but you know, there is tools for checking you know, the level right. of plagi plagiarism. So, you know. Right. So there's potential issues with copyright, plagiarism, all of that, because you don't necessarily know where these tools are pulling the content from. And so you can't be sure that it's not coming from your competitor that's two doors down from you on the same street. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, what are you doing with the content that we wrote last week? And that could be super embarrassing and, you know, not a good look. Yeah. Also, yeah. nice little tools and APIs. So basically like little interfaces where you can plug software functionality, for example, anonymization and uh, privacy AI layers. They are quite nice because like, obviously, if you have a super cool case from 15 years ago where you can talk about it, and it's a super amazing story about you, how you grew as a person, you want to publish that on LinkedIn, you can do it, but run it through something that tells you, hey, you know, don't mention the mom's name of that of the victim <laughs> or something, right? Like, just, yeah, right. It's, 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 it's still basic human decency, but, you know, it, it's going to look quite poorly on you if it just 
hit publish and nobody proofread that or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, th I think that goes back to what you were saying about having some policies in place for your firm, because if you hand this work off to someone else in your firm, that idea of being of the common human decent answer may be obvious to you, but someone else in your firm who is putting the, the post together and they're just kind of quickly running it through an AI chat generator, that just may not come across as obvious. So once again, like make sure that you're double checking everything. So where do you see this heading? Do you see other kinds of technologies, platforms, tools that are kind of coming around the bend on this? I just feel like everyone is jumping on this bandwagon with taking AI and then taking taking it in a different direction. Where do you see this heading maybe next year, a couple of years down the road, or just, you know, in the future in general? So I would say what I find interesting is most people play around with the flashy stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the, hey, Jen, or a character, or I don't know, I can, I can talk to my favorite artist or something. There is a lot of things going on, and we're going to see a lot of autonomous agents, basically, they're literally some form of process uh, process step a human did and is trained now, I don't know, for example, transcribing a text and then putting some form of tags inside saying, hey, this is, I don't know, this is a real estate case or this is a, you know, some other form of case. So they will happen, but obviously, you know, they will not replace anyone. So it's always to say like, you know, AI is re really good at automating tasks not necessarily yeah. roles, right? So it can take it can take some tasks, maybe a lot of tasks out of your role, but it's not going to replace you. It's going to just yeah. make you more productive. And, you know, a few years down the line, I'm not sure if that synthetic content thing's going to be as huge as everybody says, because like, yeah. Well, so what about, so you don't think that this, the synthetic content is going to be, is that what you were saying? That, that it's going to be as big as, as everyone thinks? Yeah. So now everybody is basically going to the same direction of saying like, okay, we're going to have all these YouTube channels without people and they're all automated. And it could be cool if it's based on knowledge and, you know, as a law firm, you could definitely have something cool there. I'm just saying like, the value of like live events, podcast recording, something like oh, this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Having the actual human in front of you instead of that feels really strange. Like I, I'm picturing an event where like, you know, the, the draw of these events oftentimes is who's going to be the speaker. And imagine if they were like, OK, and we have this famous person and that celebrity and whatever. And then we have a robot. And it's like, what? <laughs> Who wants to sit and listen to a robot? Right. That seems really strange. But th but there are people who are kind of predicting that as one of the next like great things to be happening. Absolutely. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things. So I think virtual AI influencers are going to be big. You know? you know, so like I, Instagram influencers that just exist, you know, like that are already. Real. Yeah. And oh there's like gosh. there's female AI influencers already having hundreds of thousands of followers. You know, they're going to be offered as an AI girlfriend product. You know, that's kind of stuff that's Ugh, definitely going to happen. So it's, I don't necessarily think it's like very bad or anything. It's just, yeah, you know, it's strange. It, yeah, it is a bit, you know, for me as well. You know, like I, yeah. I, was, I was never that smartphone native generation. But lots of the, I don't think lots of these things, of course, they're going to grow massively. But yeah. will they replace the other stuff? 
many in marketing are already saying like the the value of having like a conversation, a real conversation, that's just yeah. going to increase because yes. if you're a, a mediocre marketer, will obviously be able to push out a ton of mediocre content. But right. you know, Google Google's already working on new signals to to look through blogs, through articles, find out if they're unique, if they're yeah. AI written and stuff. So you know, like I'm not seeing that wave just crushing humanity. You know. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw recently uh, someone was talking about having some kind of a badge that sort of indicates when content has been generated by AI and having some sort of requirement for that. I could almost see that, you know, how recently in, well, not recently, in the last few years, website laws went totally changed around cookies and alerting people that things were happening on the website that they probably didn't realize that things were being tracked and all that. And now everybody knows because you go land on a website and there's so many pop-ups that you have to agree and dismiss and get out of the way before mm -hmm. you finally. And so I could see there being something along those lines where it's like, if this, if you have used an AI tool, first of all, Google will know. And so you need to disclose that or you're going to be, you know, your rankings will be affected because of it. And, you know, they, I saw like cool little badges that would kind of, you would embed somewhere in, in the website content that say, you know, we, we did use AI for this. What do you, do you think, do you see something like that ever happening or is that just a kind of, you know, conversation, somebody's idea they're throwing out there. You know, I, I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter if the content's human or if it's made by AI, it must be good content, right? So it must be right. entertaining. It needs to, uh, it needs to educate. And I, I simply think, you know, like for people like me or you, we are talking about a very specific topic now for generative AI and content for lawyers. We yeah. will definitely be able to use AI, you know, with my tool and other tool to scale this and make this, you know, we put that on our website. We could put it in a newsletter on Twitter. It doesn't really matter, but it's yeah. still very unique and creative, creative knowledge, right? So right. we, for us, this is going to be a huge advantage. And for the lawyers listening, they think like, hey, I have this amazing knowledge. I want to get out. You are also, you don't have a problem. The, the problem, the people that will be hit by this wave are people that have generic knowledge and uninteresting yes. stories. So for, for the top, I, I always say the top 10 of creative people that work in, in original fields on original things have a, such a massive advantage while yeah. anyone else can just be like, you know, a mediocre copywriter now, but that doesn't get right. you anywhere. I think that's the key here. And that's kind of where we're kind of keep coming around back around to even from the beginning of this conversation and where your platform comes in too, is there's a significant difference between what we were saying earlier, where you are starting from nothing. You are, you're, you're, you're going into an AI generator with, with no real foundation of what you're trying to write versus where your platform starts. And where I'm using AI is that I've already got this library of content that is not AI generated. We've got the podcast. I've got blog posts that go back decades, way before ChatGPT was even a thing. And it's all been tested. And I know what people are searching for. And I know how to draft content for that audience 
and get results, that is significantly different than starting from zero. And that content can be taken, reworked, and you know, aimed at other audiences, but it is still unique creative content that was created by a human. And then we're just using AI as sort of a turbo boost to get it out in, in other places. I just wanted to underline that because I think it's that's where we're gonna see the divide. We're gonna see the divide where there's so much garbage out there with the content, and that's all just started from nothing versus what we're talking about, which is take your knowledge, take your all of those unique things that you have to say and offer, your expertise, things that you've learned that AI couldn't possibly know about your clients, your practice area, your work, what people are searching for, and use that as the starting point and then use AI on top of that, not the other way around. Absolutely. And so, so unique frameworks, unique mental models, unique personal stories, People, you know, like when I think of the creator of the future, maybe in one or two years, it's going to be someone that also does a lot of research, yeah. proper strategy. And instead of now social media teams are insanely overworked and stressed, you know, like they have to grind out content every single day. And in the future, or that's, that's at least our division I work towards is Someone that sits down, creates a few one, two, three masterpieces that really help people and then just scale that for the entire month. And people right. will love it because, because like Gary Wee built an audience and he's saying the same thing for 10 years now. So you don't have to come up with original ideas all the time. Just find one message and yeah. then 100 ways to hammer it home. I kind of relate this a lot to going to a really amazing restaurant and you look at this menu and they spent a lot of time testing the recipes, figuring out what people liked, trying different things. And then like, oh, we don't really like this. Let's, you know, take this one has too much salt. Let's take this and whatever. And then figuring out, okay, these are the ones that sell. These are the ones that people come back to over and over and over. And then they've got that menu. And it really doesn't change from year to year. That menu, they've already figured out that this is the stuff people like to eat. And the chef has kind of defined that. And they're well known. They're well known for this certain chicken dish or they're well known for whatever. But you keep going back for that same thing. Like they're not reinventing that chicken dish every six months. They're, it's the same recipe that you keep going back to because you know you can count on it and it's really good and they did all that initial work and you didn't really see all that because you weren't showing up to the rest to that restaurant when they were testing the recipes and it wasn't quite so good in the beginning so you know think about it in terms of that you know figure out what your menu can be and then once you've got it dialed in you don't have to like create a whole new restaurant every couple months yeah i mean <laughs> If you, if you think about a lawyer, for example, I just had that thought. Is yeah. like if, if you, for example, have a di divorce lawyer and sure. they really, they are the best at avoiding conflicts in these kind of legal battles. And they, they have a very good framework of how to navigate these situations and get out of this stuff without like massive battles, insane drama. I think, you know, this is, this is ultra specific, but yeah. this is going to be a message that's going to yeah. resonate for 10 years and this still going to resonate in 30 years. So, right. 
Yeah. Well, and also like think about who you're seeing. If that is your your situation where you're a divorce lawyer, people are only going to come across that probably once and use that service once. So you have to keep kind of getting that framework out to the new people because it's not like people are going to come back every other year hopefully and, and like need another <laughs> divorce and whatever. So, so that so you figure out that it works, but then you have to continue to sell it to other newer traffic, get more people in, get newer clients and continue to sell that same idea. But once again, you don't have to redo the framework. You just have to get it out to more people. Yeah, different formats. So maybe you start with a personal story, how you navigated. Maybe you interview someone, you navigated through a divorce. Maybe you just show, I don't know, a case study where you showed like, look, Without a bloody battle, we made you know like it's it's it was fair for everyone. The kids are happy. I don't know. Like there's a, yeah. there's twenty different formats you can make out of this one specific case, and sure. it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, awesome. Okay, it is time for the book review. So we have a library of business books that all of our guests have recommended. A really solid book. Oftentimes it's related to the topic we're talking about. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> And we just talk about it's a great book for some reason. But Max, what's the book that you have to offer and suggest that people should pick up for the library today? So I, I, I choose how innovation works. And I mean, it's really for anyone starting a business or tech interested with a bit of histor historical spin. I think it's, it's really a must read because it like the title is the book. The, the guy, <laughs> the guy shows really how innovation works and how it doesn't. So it's really, and it all comes down to experimentation, trying out something new and failing a lot of times, which is kind yeah. of like the obvious part. But then he also shows how, I don't know, six people around the world came up with the light bulb or, you know, 10 people came with some version of the, of the first steam engine and so on. So he's really saying like, you know, and, most of these people didn't know each other and stuff. So it was, it was basically what he's saying is like, if you want to have a breakthrough and you want to work and be more productive, you've got to try things out. And yeah. of course it's going to hit you in the face. And as yes. it, it's just, and it's just very nice because it talks through all these innovation and these technology, technological breakthroughs. And it shows also when expectations were overhyped and, my last and favorite part is usually the people with little resources made it work, which is also oh, something interesting. I, yeah, which is I, I, something, you know, we always know about uh, Apple and Google and, you know, like these yeah. massive venture funded things. But, you know, like the Wright brothers with their airplane, that was basically self-funded. So a yeah. lot of these people that made it work were very constrained by their projects. And this is something I, I did corporate innovation for a while as a consultant. Yeah. And whenever the project budget was really huge in a corporation and 10 people involved, I was like, okay, never going to work. Oh, so. that's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people think they can just throw money at a thing and that'll make it faster and easier to get to that solution. Yeah. I think it distracts you. Yeah. You know, so, so like yeah, because you're not as scrappy you're not working quite as hard because you're like ah oh, you know we got so much money we, you know we can just kind of phone it in a little bit today no no absolutely yeah. 
The other thing I wanted to, that I liked about what you were describing that I wanted to underscore was the idea of failure. And I, I feel like I mentioned this all the time, but this is such a critical element of, first of all, any kind of business, but especially marketing. And I feel like this is a very, very critical part that is the differentiator between successful firms and firms who don't, that, that don't work out. They, they kind of hit the first couple failures. They can't sustain. They just kind of get freaked out by it. And they, they run, they basically run away and they just kind of run and hide and they, you know, go back to whatever they were doing before. And so if you can't stomach failure and trying things that aren't going to work, this entrepreneurial journey is going to be such a hard challenge for you. And so maybe that comforting, soft place in a corporate position is just a better fit for your personality. But if you can stomach it and if you can push through knowing that there's, it's going to be, you know, lots of ups and downs and there's going to be times when you think that it's not working because it probably isn't and you get through to the other side, then all of a sudden, that's when it all starts rolling and you start to see the results. And I can't tell you the number of times I've seen that happen with, with clients where they're this close to giving up and they just hold on a little bit longer and push through. And then all of a sudden, it, everything just starts working. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think, you know, just be, try to be consistent. So, as, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn for more than two years now. This stuff doesn't just happen. So no. consistent. So consistency is important. And then you know what? What I would also like is just if you want to adopt AI. I don't know in, in your law firm, in your marketing, could be multiple things. Don't go there and say, "Okay, we have a ten million budget now. Let's get the <laughs> consultants in. Let's let's right. you know throw it out the window." Yeah, that's not going to work. So you know, no. Well, and to I, to assume that you can just show up on LinkedIn and you don't really know the landscape, you don't know the conversations that are happening, you don't know what people have been talking about like a year ago, and to assume that you can just come in and just dominate out of the blue, that kind of is almost disrespectful to the entire process of what's been happening for years and years for people who have been there for ages and been slowly developing their expertise and their name around a certain topic. And to think that you can just sort of, you know, drop in and just like be the leader. It just seems kind of crazy. Like how, how, how would that possibly work? But I, I know that people do think that, oh, okay, so we're just going to throw together a social media campaign and then bam, <laughs> like it's just gonna, you know, next week, all of a sudden we're making, you know, we're making millions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Max, we t we've covered a lot and we've talked about how AI works, uh, you know, how, how to not do it, what kind of issues, but what do you think is a big takeaway that you'd like people to kind of walk away from this episode, understanding about AI content creation, how the technology works and doesn't work. And, you know, what's, what's the big takeaway you'd like people to have? So I would say, just when you think about content creation, just change the way you think about it and how you do it. Because like I now, I'm, I'm not a guy that can sit still and sit down and write a blog post for five hours. I record now everything. And since it's not yeah. just my own tool, but also the other tools and systems I have, I can take a recording and put it out into 12 different formats pretty much automatically, right? So 
And in the future, I can even write an ebook pretty much out of two hours of a, of a well-structured two hours recording. So it's like, and this is the mindset switch we're seeing all the time is like, you don't need to sit down and plan like all your little posts. It's like, yeah. do you have something amazing to say? Record yeah. it and then try to get it into all different formats or write it and then get it into different formats. Like I'm not saying don't like ever write something, but like start from the way of like, I have a few really cool things to say and I can scale them out. And once you start doing this, it's like such a huge difference. Yeah. I think that's really, that's, that's great. I think that is the main takeaway here. Start from you and your humanness and your expertise and the things that you have to say and go out from there. Don't start with the things chat GPT is going to say for you. Let them, let, let, you know, whatever platform you're using, we're going to obviously link to Max's platform that takes all of your content and then kind of generates it out from there. But whatever platform you're using, use that just to take your knowledge and expertise and uniqueness and just basically iterate it out. I think that's that's really going to be the key going forward and the difference, like we were talking about earlier, between the garbage and the really good stuff. Yeah, it's our divorce yeah. lawyer. That's what he or she going to do. <laughs> exactly. All right. Max Gucci is the co-founder of Unifier, a platform for content scaling. So like we were just talking about. So take a look. We will link to that platform on the show notes and the show page, as well as this awesome book, How Innovation Works, that Max recommended. But thanks for being here. That was awesome. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.